Gal. Hey guys, and welcome to a new podcast within the Gal Network. It's known as Super Zero, and you might be wondering, Bish, what is this? Today, we're doing a pilot episode. Obviously, not all of the episodes are going to be like this. We want to focus this podcast specifically on comic and manga content, whether that's independent comics, independent manga, or stuff that's published by big companies like Marvel, DC, uh, Dark Horse Comics, Shonen Jump, Shoujo Beat, that kind of stuff. We're also going to be focusing content around popular film franchises like the Marvel films, the DC films, as well as their television shows that run alongside those films as well. So just think about this podcast as a general sort of comic book themed podcast that's covering a wide range of content. Um, we're going to go through a little bit today and the way that this one's going to work. We're going to focus on how we got into comics because as you guys know, I did mention it before that I am heavily into comics. I read comics on a regular basis. It is one of my interests that I am incredibly passionate about. With the name Super Zero, you guys might be wondering where did that come from? Internally, we've referred to this show as the panel, which is really weird because the reason why we referred to it as the panel was because the original name we wanted to go for was Super Zero. That was the original name. We couldn't use it. We had contacted a podcast called Super Zero. They were based in Canada, really lovely people. They stopped doing their show, I think, a couple of years ago we were developing this show six years in advance so this is much like umai much like the other shows in our network we were taking our time to develop this show so it's very interesting the fact that we originally wanted to call it super zero we were developing this show under a different name called the panel and when it came time for us to set up the show we'd found out that the panel had already been taken but i think it was like taken by a like a political podcast or like a talk show podcast or whatever it had nothing to do with comics so it's odd that we actually got the name that we wanted super zero this isn't a specific sort of rehashing of that original show it was produced by matt and his team it wasn't something that we're trying to rehash and don't really consider as a spiritual successor we're just taking on that name we've gotten their permission to do it and you know we'll try and make them proud i guess we're not necessarily taking over the show as such we're just taking over the name we're doing our own thing a lot of the things will be quite similar in terms of topic of content really so yeah 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 and you heard will right there will how are you by the way my allergies are bugging me a tiny bit but you know uh and i didn't get a lot of sleep last night but mm -hmm. other than that i'm pretty good i'm sorry to hear that it's wait a minute wait a minute you gotta tell me how, how you're doing i know that you're getting oh. over being sick and yeah i'm yourself. i'm I had like a chest infection a few weeks ago and I'm still trying to recover from it. You guys shouldn't actually hear that because I'll be cutting out all the coughing if I do cough. But I got my bottle of water with me. Bottle of water? A bottle of water. Got my bottle of water with me. And yeah. It's so funny. There's a, there's actually a lesson uh, that we do in the elementary schools here that like with the textbook, it has like these videos and audio recordings. And one of them is of uh, a British girl and she actually says bottle of water and the kids think it's hilarious wow i like how the whole world considers us a meme the americans make fun of us for saying bottle of water now the japanese are making fun of us saying bottle of water <sighs> not impressed i try to explain to kids especially when they get frustrated when you know like i'm i correct them or i check their notebooks and i make corrections and stuff and i and i tell them i said look i said you have to understand there's no such thing as perfect english 
Mm-hmm. It's like because we we've taken from so many other languages, we make up rules as we go, things like that. I told them I said, but when I correct you, it, it means that I understand what you're trying to say. I'm just trying to help you make it better. For those that don't know, Will is actually a teacher in Japan. He's also on a bunch of our other podcasts, but he's mainly on Kunai, which is our anime discussion podcast. So because of this podcast and the nature of it, you know, we're talking about superhero comics, we're talking about manga in some cases. There will be some crossover. So expect to kind of see that in the future. But the reason why I brought on Will today, well, obviously we're not going to be expecting to see Will on this podcast week to week or anything like that. The reason why I brought him on today is because, Will, you're a fan of comic books, right? Oh, yeah, I have been ever since I was very young. Hmm. I'm a little bit intrigued by that because I didn't quite know when you joined, obviously, Kunai and things like that. Like, obviously, I got to know you a little bit more. And even from before that, I knew that you're into comics, but we never really had much of a discussion around it, which is actually quite interesting because it's like most of the time when I'm speaking to you, it's mostly just anime focused or on occasion some games and stuff. But that's what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about how we both got into comics. Are we still into it and things like that? But before we get into that discussion, I just want to thank our sponsors, Crunchyroll and Sugoima. Big shout out to them. In addition to that, if you do want to support everything that we do here on Super Zero or on any of the podcasts that we do, you can follow us on Twitter at gal podcasts we changed our twitter name to kind of reflect the changes in the network additionally you can check us out on our discord page which is getalivepodcast.com forward slash discord should take you on there we've got some really nice features on there and some really lovely discussions whether you're into gaming anime comics food whatever we've got it there for you in the discord well i just want to know before we get into our main discussion what is buying comics like in japan have you ever actually bought comics in japan or is it more manga focused in japan i have not actually bought any comics comic books since living in Japan. You can get them here, of course, uh, both in English and Japanese, of course, mostly in Japanese. But the way that they do most comics here in Japan isn't uh, like individual issues month to month. They're like in, you know, the, the like collected editions, like mm-hmm. a whole story arc of a, like you can buy like, you know, let's say there's a, a 10 issue run of Avengers that covers one story arc. You buy them in like one book. Yeah, that makes sense. And I kind of understand why they would do that meaning because i'd imagine it's less of a sort of money commitment if that makes sense yeah yeah i mean don't get me wrong those individual books are a little bit on the expensive side but it, they're all also you know like the hardbound ones they're not the like you know flimsy mm-hmm. like trade paperback ones they're mm-hmm. the like really nice ones like if you go to like uh, an actual like you know regular bookstore back in america or i'm sure in the uk where you get those hardbound hardback copies of like comic book collections it's the same thing just been translated into japanese okay that's interesting to be fair with you i'd imagine the experience in japan must be quite different because you know you you have a lot of different bookstores print as a media form is still very alive and well in japan like you can buy manga incredibly cheap brand new but also you can buy used manga and like i'd imagine that would also be there for comics as well no oh yeah like most used uh bookstores like even in the small area that i live in there is you know uh, a few book off uh, stores uh, if you you know know what book off is um and like when you go into them they'll have like a really small english section and usually there's like some trade paperback you know comics that have been like imported from america so the ones that are in in english usually are the like you know paperback ones not the hardbound mm-hmm. ones the hardbound ones are the what they uh, translate into japanese because to them it's like something that you know you're keeping as part of your collection not just as like a daily reader kind of thing and i just wanted to know because obviously in the in the uk 
and in the US, we do have dedicated stores for comic books. And it's kind of the case where it's more comic focused first, and then they'll have like a little manga issues and things like that. Um, obviously, that's kind of expanding over the years. But in Japan, is it like the inverse of that? Is it more like you'll find some comics in like a manga shop? Yes, that's that's pretty much how it is. Like uh, the, the main bookstore here in, in town that I go to, it's, you know, very much like a bookstore in America. Like when you usually walk in, they'll have, you know, their displays with whatever, like the new books that are out, hot sellers, you know, or maybe like a special theme sale they've got going on. And then lined up around the bookstore will be, you know, your various magazines and, you know, uh, things of that nature. And then a, one whole other section of the store will be manga. And then they'll have like a small section, usually either right off the side of the manga or, or actually usually right off the side of the magazines where it will be your American books and comics and stuff like that. We're just going to go on a little bit of an ad break. When we return, we're going to talk about our origins in terms of comic books and even manga. And we'll be back in a second. Now it's a better time than ever to be an anime fan with Crunchyroll that has the world's largest anime collection. You can watch new episodes one hour after they air in Japan. Enjoy access to unlimited ad-free anime, read hundreds of chapters across dozens of manga titles and save with exclusive Crunchyroll store discounts. So if you guys go to crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai, that's crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai for your 14 day free trial of crunchyroll premium service remember you guys we love crunchyroll we use them on kunai i personally love them i personally use them all the time we've been going to crunchyroll events for a long time long time sponsor of the podcast and you know what they are the best place to watch anime legally online with over thirty thousand episodes and at the moment if you're listening to this they've got the largest full lineup in history for fall 2022 with over 40 simulcasting titles that is insane so join crunchyroll with our link crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai for 14 day free trial in addition to that you've got different perks with your premium service you can either go with your mega fan you can go with fan service or your mega fan for 12 months personally the biggest savings that you're going to make is if you do your mega fan option if you live in the uk that's only 60 pounds a year that's vat inclusive that's cheaper than any streaming service at the moment especially if you're into anime you got all your anime pretty much in one place that's no ads unlimited access to the Crunchyroll library new episodes one hour after they air in japan for your simulcasts access to your digital manga streaming on four devices at the same time as well as offline viewing you would not believe how many times offline viewing has saved me beyond the tube there's no wi-fi there's no 5g i'm like ah, i want to watch anime boom i'm watching overlord i'm watching dr stone i'm watching naruto watching dbz you've got it all on crunchyroll that's crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai that's crunchyroll.com forward slash k-u-n-a-i Back onto the episode. Okay, we are back on this episode of Super Zero, our first episode, in fact, of Super Zero, where we're going to be talking about how we got into comics. And, well, I'm going to let you go first because, obviously, you're from America, you know, the land of comic books, so to speak. And, obviously, there is such a huge culture surrounding comic book stores and just superhero comics in general. So I just wanted to know, how did you get started in all of that? It goes back to when I was actually about uh, four years old. So my grandparents, they actually owned a hobby shop in the town that I'm from. 
and uh, not a comic book store, but a hobby shop. And when I mean like, you know, models, um, you know, board games, um, things of that nature. And they did have, uh, you know, what's called a spinner rack. I'm sure, you know, anyone that's in the comics knows mm -hmm. what a spinner rack is. Uh, and I remember being a little kid, like even when I was very young, I started to read from a young age um, and I would randomly read you know comic books then and it was funny because right across the street from my grandparents's uh hobby shop was a like like pharmacy type store like old-fashioned american pharmacy they also had a spinner rack so i would go back and forth between the stores when hanging out as a kid and just you know picking up and looking at different comics but what originally got me into them was actually being a a fan of uh, of star wars uh, one of the original comics i checked out was the old marvel star wars comic and then i was also this was at the i was at that age too where transformers and gi joe were you know still new and going and big and popular so i was also checking out those comics which were of course also done by marvel so that kind of led me into the marvel rabbit hole i guess you were but i wasn't really reading reading comics then like i wasn't grabbing comics every week it was just whenever i happened to visit you know my grand uh, well at, at the time my grandfather had already passed away but visiting my grandmother and visiting the hobby shop things of that nature i always dabbled in comics like you know just I remember being a little kid, you know, with my mom going here and there and seeing comics. I would grab a random issue here and there, like, like I said, old Star Wars, G.I. Joe Transformers, and even some old, like, Disney comic, things of that nature. It wasn't until I was about, uh, I want to say eight years old is when I really got into comics. Uh, funny enough, the gentleman that owned the first comic book store I remember going to actually opened it up just a few blocks from where my grandmother's hobby shop was, and he actually was a customer at their store like he bought his first Dungeons and Dragon books from from the the store there um and I of course started off reading you know your typical Spider-Man Captain America books and then just you know it it just bloomed out from there and do you find that like over the years that's kind of grown from from that or is it like died down a little bit because if i follow you on twitter i don't really see much comic stuff it's mostly like sports and anime and sometimes some gaming i kind of fell out of i don't want to say fell out of love with comics i still enjoy comics but i stopped like you know collecting like weekly issues and you know keeping up with storylines and all that kind of stuff um i want to say maybe it's been oh probably seven years now a little bit before i moved to japan one i was just kind of tired of, i was kind of tired of a couple things so one i was tired of every time i turned around dc just pretty much like relaunching and resetting everything it just it had happened so many times you know in my lifetime as a comic book reader and them basically you know retconning things out and completely changing it really happened when they did the whole was it the new 52 i want to mm -hmm, say mm -hmm. That's when I really started to fall out. I was still collecting then, but only certain comics that I really respected the writer or the author, I mean the uh, artist, or both. But even then, I was kind of falling out, out of love with them. And then with Marvel, it like I enjoy interconnected stories and big event stories and things like that, um, where 
different, you know, comic book series eventually tie together and they're all part of a greater story. I like that from time to time. But when it was just becoming an every year thing and you were having to get, you know, 50 different comics just to complete one story and it was happening on the regular, uh, that kind of pushed me away from them. And then a big thing that did it to me is I don't even remember when it was. Like, I'm a big Captain America fan. When they did that whole arc where basically Captain America was you know, technically a Hydra agent. Yes. I, I saw like, that all over Twitter that- about that one. That, to me, that that was blasphemy to me. That might be, you know, taking things a bit extreme, but that, right then and there, I just cold stopped collecting Captain America. I was done. And like, and like I said, I was still picking up a few comics here and there even after that, but I pretty much made the decision I was no longer going to be a, you know, weekly reader, weekly collector, and I actually ended up selling off a big chunk of my comic book collection and I decided just to collect certain runs that I like of certain characters you know certain parts of my collection or like uh, I was a big uh, Michael Turner fan mm-hmm. and you know after he passed away I decided I wanted to work on my Michael Turner collection I'm not going for like a complete collection of his but just a certain books and art of his that i like Fair enough. it's interesting that you mentioned the whole captain america hydra situation because i remember when that was going on that was like popping off on twitter it was such a big deal but it's very interesting because it considering he's a character that was sort of designed as american propaganda during you know world war ii i believe he started he was like there to sort of promote like war bonds and stuff right yep. so like the fact that he's this all-american hero was- right someone that's there to fight against the nazis it's interesting the fact that that they've effectively decided to go for that story and it kind of makes me feel that they kind of went for that for like shock value more than anything no that's exactly how i took it i said you know i said this is just something to get those oohs and ahs and it's funny though too i remember like getting into let's just say heated discussions with some people there were so many people at the time that were new into the fandom and Mm -hmm. that had come into it you know because of like the movies and such that they thought it was it was great a lot of fun and all that stuff and it's one of those things where it's it's i mean when we're talking comics in general we're talking you know subjectively here regardless but someone like me that grew up you know with Captain America from, you know, the 80s, which was, you know, I don't want to call it machismo, but I mean, we're still talking, you know, the the, the era of, you know, uh, you know, Stallone and Schwarzenegger and Commando and Rambo and all that kind of stuff, which, you know, Captain America even then wasn't that, but it's one of those things that, like, especially the history of him being anti-Nazi and all type of stuff where, you know, Hydra is basically what, you know, replaced nazis in the comic books but you know they're they come from that that whole sect like i just i felt it was just completely wrong to the character mm. and you know what i kind of agree with you like for me i was never really into captain america obviously being british it's like i have no sort of connection with captain america as a character and obviously i know that a lot of americans do love him because he's like you know the symbol of america he's like the statue of liberty almost yeah i mean that's why i get into arguments with people too about you know people are always like well, you know what makes Captain America special? And it's kind of like, you know, they even touch on it in the, the MCU movies. It's not because, like, he's, you know, the greatest thing ever, but it's he's kind of like Superman in a way where he's a symbol. He's someone that people just rally around. And that's that's what it is. I mean, the fact that he was created as that rallying point for a lot of Americans, you know, during the war and things like that. So he was effectively America's mascot. It's very, very interesting when you think about it on that level. 
Like for me, when I was kind of getting into comics, I've always kind of been surrounded by comics in terms of like my families and stuff like that. Like my older sister, she was a big fan of comics. I mean, back in the day, you know, growing up in the 90s and the 80s and stuff, like she would collect the X-Men comics. So she was a huge, mm. she was a huge mm -hmm. fan of the X-Men. And I didn't know this until, you know, speaking with her a few years back. And it was just such a weird thing because I was like, well, where are these comics? Because when I started collecting comics, it was mostly just X-Men and Wolverine and stuff like that. And then I had a conversation with her and she was like, yeah, I used to collect comics too. I used to read the X-Men, used to buy like week, like weekly comics and stuff. Um, and back then you kind of had to like import stuff from America. Like there wasn't many comic book shops here. It was like a very sort of specialist thing. So apparently what had happened was my mom's not really a big fan of clutter and stuff. And she just mm, like, yep. I think they were moving house or whatever. And she just threw them away. Like a shit ton of comics just threw it away. Cause she saw it as like, oh, these are just like pieces of paper or newspapers. I don't think she kind of understood what they were. So she just tossed what them in the bin, which is horrendous. I have a question though too. So obviously it's been a long time since I've been to, to England, but I remember I actually did pick up some comic books from a, from a bookstore when I was there. And it might have just been a bookstore thing or not, but uh, I saw some interesting Captain America books. But when I got them, what it was, it was like three Captain America comics, but like in one book. Do they still do that in England? So I think back in the day, it was like that because comic sizes were different as well. Like I went into a lot of antique shops when I first got into comics because I thought, okay, this is where I'm going to probably find some old comics. And they used to kind of print comics and like, if I'm not mistaken, they had like special, almost like newspapers that were just like collections of comic books because they weren't kind of printed like American comics. They were like printed on like newspaper paper, if that makes sense. They would have like a couple of issues of a particular comic and then maybe like some Iron Man, some Fantastic Four, just all in one comic, in one book, right? So yeah, so I don't think it's like that anymore. I think now it's just not really adapted for the British market I think we've kind of adopted the more American approach when it comes to comics just because it's just easier yeah, that sure. way even when you look at modern comics now the prices aren't in US dollars anymore it doesn't matter where you live if you live in the US or if you live in the UK or in Europe you'll always get like US dollars British pounds Canadian dollars always when back in the day you just used to be in uh, British pounds for those kind of comic collections that were sort of printed in the UK yeah that's what I was gonna say the ones that I picked up just had you know British pounds on them when mm -hmm. I got them so yeah but it might have been the case that back then they were still kind of continuing that like i don't know because you mentioned you were in the uk in like what the 2000s yeah um i want to say it was 2010 mm. so you know we're talking you know now almost 13 years to, ago yeah because uh, to be fair with you i only got started into comics in like 2015 so i didn't quite know about what had preceded that point but by that point when i was getting into it it almost kind of adapted the whole american style where it's just us dollars british pounds whatever so it was more of like a universal take on comics but i do know that there was like multiple comics in one collection but it was like the quality of the pages weren't as good and, and i still own a few of those like really older comics i would kind of go around through and stores i'm gonna guess that when when i was getting them they were they were kind of in that transition phase because the ones that i have i still have them in my my collection mm -hmm. and they it was like you know the same quality of a you know normal like american style comic it wasn't like the newspaper print paper it was mm -hmm. the more kind of like glossy kind but i will say the size was slightly bigger than yes than american i've comic. noticed that as well i think probably because these things get printed in the uk i'm assuming that it's got something to do with the, the printing press 
addresses or how it is, but now like most of them, they just get printed in the US, right? Oh yeah. It's been a long time since I've looked into all the stuff going on, but that's been one of the things that's actually been plaguing the comic book industry has just been all the various printing deals and all that kind of stuff and how contracts work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But as, as far as I know, they are, I think some might be printed in, in Canada, but okay. yeah, as far as I know, they are. See now. Something that I don't quite understand is that how come they don't print comics in a country like Japan, right? Because I know it's like outsourcing, there might be some level of logistics behind it, but it would probably be really cheap to print stuff in Japan, considering that, you know, they print manga because they print it domestically. It's super cheap over there, right? They have the machinery for it. So it's like, yeah, they could. I mean, like the fact that newspapers are still a big thing in Japan and in general, like print media is super big. You'd imagine that they would have the means to sort of mass produce like comics and stuff uh, for, for the Western market. So this goes back to, like I said, it's been a long time since I've really been like in the know with the comic book industry. But a lot of that was due to things like the old like diamond distributors who mm -hmm. used to be like the only company you could go to for getting your comics like if you're you know a comic book store owner and things like that it just had to do with the way that the different contracts and things like that played out with these different companies like it's weird just how tightly controlled the comic book industry is and like it all ties back to the same like handful of companies in the end this is another thing that i wanted to know it's like do you ever think that these distributors are they like owned by you know marvel or by dc and stuff because that would make a lot of sense for them but already as it is it is quite quite a difficult market to sort of emerge in because you know there's only two major big publishers right dc and marvel you do have dark horse but a lot of the time it's like i'd imagine it'd be quite difficult for like independent publishers to get anywhere in terms of creating like a viral comic or whatever yeah there are you know uh some like websites you can go to for indie comics like there's an indie comic book that that i like to read and uh like they take you know like months between issues which you know i don't mind but it's because of the fact that since they're not having to go the route of these you know big distributors and printing runs and all that kind of stuff it's like you know i'm i'm you know when you buy from them you're you're still basically making sure that the creators of the comics still get you know their their major cut of it so like you said it's it's a really crazy industry i, I should get back into reading more about it but it's one of those things like i said it's just so tightly controlled by such a small group of people and companies but i think that it's also one of the reasons why like dc and marvel don't actually directly own their their own like printing companies is just the way that the quote unquote laws and rules and contracts all work out i'm sure with like now with as big as like disney and warner brothers are i'm sure that they still have some kind of uh control over these companies by now i'm sure it's gotta be but like i said back when i was really into the inner workings of comic was back or like disney got involved warner brothers had been involved with dc but they were more hands-off at the time mm -hmm. even these massive companies whether it's marvel or dc they're kind of owned and operated by even bigger companies like you know warner brothers and disney it's incredibly odd to think that that's kind of where we got to now but i just kind of wanted to go back on to how i kind of started into comics as you guys know i started started reading comics around 2015 maybe 2014 i used to go to the comic book store a lot there's this comic book store in central london it's called forbidden planet not sponsored by the way but they have one in london and i think they have one in newcastle it's like basically the comic book store where everyone
everyone tends to go for i started going there back in the day because i thought oh wow there's some really cool like action figures they were selling a lot of gaming merchandise back then so like in the top the way that the store is structured the top of the store is like mostly figures and like gaming stuff and then the bottom of the store is like comics comics and manga and i used to go there and i was like wow at this point i'd already started kunai so it was like i was already into the anime industry and stuff like that so i thought well i'm gonna give manga a try and they had such a small manga section and then i'd just go frequent and you know buy some manga because they were selling it quite cheap at the time because well back then like it took a while for us to kind of get manga in the uk and to kind of popularize it here and it was like really cheap like you, you would buy a volume of manga for six pounds which is still technically a little bit expensive when you compare how much manga is in the US and even in, in Japan but £6 was a steal back then you pay £6 for a volume and then you'd if you bought three volumes you'd get one of them for free besides the point they don't do that anymore I was going there once with my friend because he wanted to buy some comics and I was I really wasn't into it because he was like buying like I think at the time it was like Flashpoint that was going on with like the DC and all that kind of stuff and I'm like I'm not interested in DC comics let's see if there's any Wolverine stuff because I was always kind of into Wolverine as a character mainly because of Hugh Jackman mainly because of the X-Men films you can think of it however you like to think of it but you know whether I was playing uh, games whether I was watching films, I was always a big fan of Wolverine. Just because of his story, I thought he was just a badass and I wanted to learn a bit more about him. Oddly enough, when I had started getting into comics, they'd killed off Wolverine. Like Marvel killed off Wolverine. I was like, what the hell, what the fuck? Like I got so confused and I was like, okay, so if they killed off Wolverine, what, what other Wolverine comics could I buy? And I got introduced to all new Wolverine, which is basically X-23 takes over the role of Wolverine. And she had like a very limited comic series I think it was like maybe 33 issues and I think I got into like issue 10 or something well actually no I think like maybe issue 5 or something like that I got in really early and I was just so obsessed with it I was like hell yeah I bought it because of the artwork the variants and like the artwork on comics just got me really excited I was like wow this is beautiful artwork I didn't even fucking read the comic world I just bought the comic because the artwork was so badass I'll try and find it for you now and I'll put it in the discord and I thought it was kind of cool this was around the time when Marvel was doing a lot of sort of focus on female characters and I think this was the time when they did the Thor comic with I, for, I forgot her name but it was yeah it was like a female Thor you had Ironheart as well that was introduced around the time you had like um, Spider-Gwen a bunch of other female characters in comics not all of them are still here today but you know I was just happy that you know X-23 was just included and she got like a really badass story because I don't know I feel I feel like X-23 as a character doesn't get as much love because you know you've got wolverine there um but her wearing the wolverine iconic sort of blue and the blue and yellow i was like fuck yeah I i'm i'm here for it i'm just trying to find the comic the first one that i bought but it was if i remember correctly that the variant cover was basically you know like in the weapon x program you know when wolverine was wearing that sort of helmet for the weapon x program it's basically yeah, that's, it, that's a very very famous uh like image I'll, I'll send it now it's this image it's basically yeah. that that was the first volume it was like volume 16 where she's basically also got all of the wires and like the headset for like the weapon x and it's like it was really cool because the artwork on the covers and even the variants were very like reminiscent to old wolverine comics and 
I was like, yo, this is really cool. And what I ended up doing was I bought all of these comics. I think I went to a different comic book shop. I think it was called Orbital Comics because with Forbidden Planet, they don't sell older comics. They'll only sell brand new comics, right? If you wanted more like older comics, you'd have to go to Orbital, which was not that far. And part of me thinks that they've done it so that they don't compete with comic book stores, if that makes sense. Because you can also buy new comics at Orbital, but the options at Orbital weren't that good for new comics it was mainly just buying your older comics there your used comics but the prices you know were a little bit more expensive so i'd be paying maybe like i paid like two pound fifty an issue at forbidden planet online if you bought them in store they were like a pound more expensive and it still is technically the case because the way it is in the uk you're kind of more encouraged and the comic book stores kind of encourage you to pre-order the comics and i don't know if it's got anything to do with that whole distributor thing that if you know the more pre-orders they have it's easier for them to get a better deal with their distribution company or whatever but no that, that's how it is too like that's also how like um, comic book stores get variant covers so it's like if they know a customer will like splurge to get like you know a variant cover on a comic then they have to order a certain number of comics to like get a variant cover mm -hmm. it's it's really dumb how it works it's interesting though because it's like i was shopping for for variants as well because i didn't know variants existed and it was my friend adam actually he was the one that took me to the comic book store to buy comics specifically and he showed me all these other comic book stores in london and i was like yo this this is insane and mind you like i mentioned i wasn't buying comics for the story i buy these comics i get boards for them like you know the backing boards and then i get the the bags and i put them in in a bag with a board and just seal the bag not because of anything i i didn't want to collect them for the money aspect of them i wanted to collect them just to look at i didn't want to read them and what was interesting back then and i know marvel still does this now but marvel had like a companion app where if you open the comics there was like this little code inside the cover it was like a little sticker and you can unpeel the sticker type the code in and it'll give you a digital version of the comic i'm not sure if that's because of collectors and stuff like that but part of me thought that well it doesn't make much sense if it was designed for collectors a lot of collectors don't even open the comics because you know like comic dealers can tell when you've opened the comic because the spine kind of gets a little bit damaged and stuff so i don't know who necessarily that is for but it was kind of cool the fact that i could open the comic get this code um, read all my comics on the marvel app which was really cool at the time but i was reading a lot of comics online as well like those really older ones like a lot of comic scans and like um you know in the early days of like trying to figure out what you're into because i didn't want to go in and be like oh i'm gonna spend like 300 pounds on like a shit ton of comics ironically that's what i ended up doing i was like i used to have this sort of budget every month i was like okay i'm spending 20 pounds on comics this month and what i was doing was during the run of all new wolverine you'd get one new issue like a month or something right because it was such a small series it was long running well, i would say long running but it went on for like three years but it was not getting as many updates right so at least in, initially it was getting quite a few a month because it was like really popular and marvel were kind of pushing it and then after a while it didn't so for me i was like oh well, what the hell am i gonna do so i set myself a budget of 20 pounds a month at first i was just buying variant covers so i've got like all of the uh, venomized variants i was just going crazy just buying uh, like variant covers at one point they did a mary jane variant cover with a few other marvel comics like marvel tends to do that and i really do enjoy it where they have a theme across multiple comics like comics that i wouldn't even read but there will be like this really cool theme across the comic variants like like the venomized variants or like the mary jane variants like yeah i, re I remember when they were when they were doing those that was like i said that was kind of the time as i was 
transitioning out of comics, but I always thought that was a really cool idea. I remember, I want to say it was 2011 mm-hmm. where uh, they did, um, I want to say it was it was maybe for March, because March is like, um, uh, I think part, I, I know it was International Women's Day is in March, but I think they were doing a thing like that the whole month with comics where they were doing like variant covers. Like if there was like a, a female character that was like part of a team, she would be like featured on, on the art and it would be like a guest artist and stuff like that. And some of those were really cool. Like I got one that I remember I just really liked it where it was, um, it was a Thor comic book, I want to say. No, no. I, it was, um, maybe it was Mighty Avengers. I don't know. It's been such a long time since I've seen the comic itself, but I remember it had a gorgeous picture of uh, Valkyrie on the cover that I loved and I, mm-hmm. I had to get that. And, and that's the thing it's like it's very interesting the way that comics can get people interested in other things right like I'm looking at Forbidden Planet now like I haven't been into comics for a while and I really was focused on character stories and I know for me that when they stopped issuing all new Wolverine that sort of comic that focuses on, on X-23 I was like what's the point? I'm gonna stop reading this because I got into other stuff I tried getting into Iron Man wasn't into Iron Man. I tried getting into Captain America. I was really annoyed with Captain America. And then I was just like, okay, I'll, I'll try reading Deadpool. I did. And then I got into Gwenpool, which is like Gwen Stacy in a different universe. That is, instead of becoming Spider Gwen, she became Gwenpool, which was hilarious. But they canceled that one mid through, midway through. And I was like, what the fuck? like there's so many different stories and it's like it's such a brutal thing where it's like i really wanted to get into this but i can't like what the hell like what the hell's going on you know what i mean it's unfortunate we we sidetrack here for a minute yeah sure just talk about deadpool for a second yeah yeah so this is gonna make me sound like an elitist jerk or whatever (laughs) but i'm real like deadpool was actually one of the other reasons that like i kind of got driven out of comics so so here's the thing like i i'm a huge deadpool fan Mm -hmm. But I've loved Deadpool since day one. One of my best friends who passed away this past year, Rest of Soul, would even tell you that back in the day, like me and his other friend, Michael, were the only people he even knew that liked Deadpool. Like we used to get clowned on and made fun of for being Deadpool fans because mm-hmm. like a lot of people considered him to be, you know, a joke character. But when he first came out, he wasn't actually as funny as he's grown into being now. Like, he's always had a smart mouth and stuff like that, but he was, you know, just a lot more vicious when he first came out. So, like, I loved him ever since, like, he first popped up in New Mutants. Like, I still have his first appearance, you know, mm-hmm. uh, comic book back home. <clears throat> and then, of course, he also started making appearances in, like, X-Force and stuff like that. And he was always a an antagonist, not a protagonist. But then that, that eventually changed, and, like, he ended up getting, you know, his... <clears throat> Uh, a few different miniseries before getting his own ongoing series. But when he started to become more and more popular and they made him more jokey, that's not what turned me off. I loved how the character has evolved. But what I hated is how, like, Marvel, they just started throwing him into, like, everything. Like, even books. There were books that he wasn't even in, and they would make, like, variant covers with him somewhere on the cover. Yeah. I remember, like, I was also a big fan of uh, Heroes for Hire. Mm-hmm. And, like, the, the, the Heroes from Hire run from, like, the late 90s. Like, I want to say, like, 99, like, ni- 1998, 1999. And, like, he's at only, he makes a guest appearance in those 
comics for like three issues and one of which he's not even on the cover of he just makes an, an appearance on like the very last page of the book and those three comics are the only ones that are quote unquote worth anything like if you look up like any kind of price guide or whatever and it's just because he's in the issue and like I said, I really got burnt out every, like, cause as someone who collected Deadpool, it was really easy to collect for him because he just wasn't in much. And then they started putting him on everything. And I was like, nope, I'm out. I'm done. I'm not spending, you know, $200 a month just to collect Deadpool. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the thing that kind of got me after a while. It was the fact that I just kind of got a little bit irresponsible in terms of like spending with comics. Cause even now I'm looking at it again. There's a, I'm searching the Forbidden Planet website, not sponsored by the way. I'm searching them and they've got X, they got a new X-23 comic that I didn't even fucking know about. And I'm like I mentioned, big fan of X-23, big fan of Wolverine. So it's it's called X-23 uh, Deadly Regenesis, issue one. It's oh, I haven't seen that. It's, it's a new comic. Apparently it's focusing on X-23's origin story, which it says- I actually, speaking of that, I actually have the X-23 original miniseries from 2005. The, I've got them as well because i've collected that i've got them there they're literally in like a little uh, part of my desk like all of these comics but it's a new I take on her story back then it was uh it was uh done by philip tan mm. who recently passed away maybe about two years ago three years ago now like for me like as you mentioned with the whole deadpool thing i think there's a lot of people especially when they're getting into comics initially it's more so about okay what is the variance like what are the what do the covers look like what are the characters do i know of the no, characters wait, i'm sorry i mixed up philip tan with someone else uh, um he's philip tan's still alive okay I totally mixed him up with somebody else <laughs> my bad well, Philip, we're sorry if you're listening. Apologies, but we're gonna. He's get still to... alive, folks. He's At still alive. He's still, recording. he's still alive. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry, guys. But yeah, as I was saying, it's like it's very interesting that at least for new comic book readers, at least now, <clears throat> people tend to go with characters already that they know of. They don't necessarily go for specific like story arcs, or they don't go for specific uh, comic book artists. Like when you're mentioning all these comic book artists, well, I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't give a fuck like about the artists. Right? I genuinely don't. <laughs> cares because not in a bad way and i don't care about the authors like it's not like for me with manga i'll care right with anime i'll care about who's written it who's directed it all of that kind of shit but for comics i really don't care i just care about the characters because that's that's one of the reasons why i really do like them and i just want to talk about this x23 comic because like i mentioned i'm a huge fucking fan of x23 and obviously this one's kind of talking about laura laura kinney who is logan's clone and how she was kind of trained to be a deadly assassin it's kind of going back to her origin story it is interesting because looking at the description it says be set by new enemies as well as old favorites set during x23's day Days as a member of the X-Men and the X-Force when she walked away from the island of Utopia, which is interesting. So it's an all new story which focuses on X-23 as a member of the X-Men and as a member of X-Force. I don't know if it's kind of retconning what had occurred during all new Wolverine where Wolverine had sort of been, I believe he was in encased in adamantium, which is such a crazy idea when you think about it. Like I mentioned, really big fan of X-23. And I think for me, I am gonna be continuing that comic series and i think i'm gonna be getting back into comics which i think is really cool in the past like i mentioned i was kind of interested in everything and one thing that i did like was adam was really nice in terms of helping me get into comics and shout out to adam i really love him really great friend of mine but he got me into comics and he was kind of like holding my hand a little bit in terms of what comics i should get but he was very open in terms of you should get what you like as well look at the variants look at the artwork do your research in that sense and he kind of helped me kind of 
navigate that space. And I think it's very helpful for people who are getting into comics for the first time to have someone that is there that actually knows more about it, whether it is a friend or if you actually do go into a comic book store. I know that a lot of the people in comic book stores are quite friendly. They're very happy to help. They will give you some instruction. For me, it's interesting as well, because if you go into the bigger comic book stores, you might not get that help because, you know, they might not necessarily be there specifically knowing all about comics that, you know, they might not be like the best places to go initially when you're starting up into comics. Like for me, Forbidden Planet is great, but I don't really go in there anymore. It just seems like such a an area for mostly weebs now because it's like it's gone viral on TikTok. There's everyone's like you can get your manga from here and all that kind of stuff. So it's mostly weebs. It doesn't feel like a comic book shop as such. That's interesting. It's very so, interesting. Like the- that, so they're uh, even though it's a comic book store, they're also in the manga market. Yeah. What I'm gonna do, we're gonna go on a break, and then I'll talk about it because I think the next half will be a bit more manga focused. So we'll do that well, in a bef- moment. Before I would say before we we go on break, because there's still some some other things I still want to talk about okay, with, with sure. comics and everything. But before we go to break, I will suggest to you. I'm sure you can get them in collected edition now, but uh, I want to say it was like 2008, 2009. There was a kind of like a, a a relaunch of x-force yeah um that you'll probably like i don't know if you've read it or not but i have you know, um oh you have okay, i have and cool. i own them so you've so. got them okay cool yeah like that those comics were, were were great and it's funny because i don't typically like a lot of um over-the-top violence in comics mm-hmm. and stuff like that and those comics are super violent but they're brilliant you know what when it comes to comics i'm a fan of the violence because obviously being a fan of wolverine you've got to be a fan of violence otherwise yeah that's one of the reasons why i kind of go towards more wolverine as opposed to like something like superman or whatever because with wolverine the amount of fucking gore that you get like you don't see it in fantastic four you don't really see it in captain america as such but wolverine is just like slicing and dicing people and that's kind of like what i like to read like i know it sounds really aggressive but it's like sometimes like comics are like sort of supposed to be escapism escapism exactly like you're not gonna go there and be like wolverine in real life you're not gonna be like deadpool with his swords you know you're not gonna be you know spinning around new york like spider-man it is a form of a escapism it's a it's a form of like therapy almost as well because like you get to experience these these stories you get to visit these places that you've never seen before or you might never even see you know what i mean and you get to experience all of that and i think a lot of these characters as well are incredibly relatable at least over the years so it's fantastic would you say that that wolverine is your your favorite uh comic book character it's an interesting one because I'm biased. I started with Wolverine. Mine is a little bit of a toss-up between Wolverine and X-23. So I really love the all-new Wolverine comics because it was like, you know, we kind of got to see X-23 as more of a an actual character as opposed to Wolverine's clone, right? Or like a sidekick character you know what i mean so i think that kind of gave her the opportunity to shine a little bit more i thought she was a badass you know what i mean and and part of me thought that she was better as wolverine compared to logan and i know a lot of people be like fuck you bitch that's wrong don't say that i think she's a better wolverine than logan 100 because she's she thinks about things a lot more she's not just consumed by rage like in her comics when she is wolverine she's learning to be more like controlling of her anger she's learning how to deal with situations there's a lot of cross 
crossovers between so many different characters as well. Like that she does one comic with Squirrel Girl, who I think is literally one of the the most useless characters in mm. the in the comics, right? But she's funny. Don't get me wrong. Like I was collecting Squirrel Girl at one point because the amount of comedic value that you get from a character like that, like she's a joke character, hundred percent. But she's just so funny, you know. Like now, I, I was gonna say, you know how how we've been. <clears throat> excuse me talking about you know violence and things like that in 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 comics and you were getting ready to start talking about like more comedic aspects and everything it's funny though as as much as i say i'm not into the violence and everything do you actually know who is my favorite comic book character um no who is ghost rider Really? See, I don't think yeah. Ghost Rider's gotten a lot of love over the years because of um, the films and stuff, no? Yeah, well, you know, we can, we can talk, go into a whole discussion about the movies and everything. I will say I did, you know, enjoy the first of the, the two Nick Cage Ghost Rider movies, but to me it was like one of those things where I went into it already knowing that it wasn't going to be that great and everything, and I just enjoyed it for what it was. Okay. So much potential there, but... Yeah, I'm I'm huge into Ghost Rider. So Ghost Rider is actually one of the one uh, books that I just randomly picked up. I don't even remember what issue it was. It was deep into the original run because the original run I want to say ended in like '83 or '84, and so it was deep in that. And it was just a random issue I picked up because of the cover. But then when they relaunched it in 1990, I jumped right on board with that. And then they eventually tied that run of Ghost Rider into the original ones. They even brought back Johnny Blaze because the, the Ghost Rider that that I grew up with, his name was Danny Ketch. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've continued on with the mythos. Like, they still kind of keep the mythos tied together, even with the newer versions of Ghost Rider. I actually really like the Robbie Rye as Ghost Rider. A lot of Ghost Rider purists don't. I do. Um, but at the same time, like I said, that's the, the, the Danny Ketch version from the from the 90s was, still is my, my absolute favorite version of the character. But it's funny because even in the 90s, that comic book series was very dark and very violent at times. I mean, people getting like holes punched through their body and beheaded and dismembered and stuff like that. You know, it's very interesting that you mentioned Ghost Rider because he's been getting a lot of love recently because I'm been I'm checking, once again, checking Forbidden Planet, not sponsored, but if you are listening Forbidden Planet, please sponsor us because uh, we've, we've been giving you guys a lot of uh, free advertisements. They're having two separate Ghost, well, actually three separate Ghost Rider series at the same time, like in terms of comics running, right? It's, it's very interesting. They're Continuing with uh, Danny Ketch, which that's releasing in May, the first issue called Danny Ketch Ghost Rider. They've also nice. got Ghost Rider as well. I think that we're on like issue 14 or something. So it's relatively new. It's been probably going on for like a year. There had been talks and rumors ever since like the, the Netflix Marvel shows, especially kicking around once they were shown to be a little bit more darker and violent and everything, that there were rumors going around that they were going to do a Marvel Night series before like Disney decided to, you know, pull out and start their own streaming service and everything which if people don't know about you know their marvel night series it was their line of comics that i want to say they started around 2000 2001 where they took you know characters like deadpool and punisher and ghost rider and moon knight actually the moon knight marvel night series i love a lot of moon knight fans don't like it because it was very much more dark compared to like you know his earlier versions like with heroes for hire but it was much more gritty and everything and, and i loved those 
book, but they were talking about doing a Marvel Knights or even a Midnight Sun thing on Netflix, which the Midnight Suns were Danny Ketch, Ghost Rider, Johnny Blaze as, you know, himself not with the Ghost Rider powers anymore. A couple other characters such as even um, Doctor Strange and Mephisto would be part of that. So I'm kind of sad that that never took off. I'm still hoping that, especially with, oh man, I can't remember that one, like, single episode thing that Disney Plus did not too long ago where it had, like, Man-Thing in it Mm -hmm. and Elsa Bloodstone. That show was great. And that showed just how, like, the more, like, kind of, like, horror and supernatural side of Marvel can be done and can be done right. And I'm really hoping that Disney will do something with that soon. See, I have a feeling that Disney will because it's like there's only so much more that they can do in terms of, I mean, over the years, they've kind of like milked the shit out of the Avengers. And I I have a feeling that they're they're looking into other avenues because look, I think now is the time for other comic book series and like going deeper in. A lot of the stuff has already been kind of overdone, if that makes sense. And this whole like multiverse that they're kind of introducing in terms of you know, setting the, the, the framework with Spider-Man and like Doctor Strange and even the whole thing with, with Kang. And they're setting things up for, for introducing a lot of other series. Because I think one of the biggest issues with, with Marvel over the years was because all of the different IP and all of the different comic book series in terms of like the MCU was just like split over Fox and like Sony and like do you know what I mean like it was so fragmented and trying to bring them all back into like one coherent sort of timeline it's a big task for them and I think eventually they'll get to that kind of stuff 100% is it time for our break I think it is I think it's time for the break we'll be back and we'll be talking about manga when we go back from the break are you a fan of anime and Japanese pop culture I know I am so why don't you get your asses down to Sugoi Mart. All right, that's sugoimart.com. Alternatively, you can use our link, getlifepodcast.com forward slash sugoi. That'll take you to our special link on Sugoi Mart. That is getlifepodcast.com forward slash S-U-G-O-I. And use our code G-A-L-P, that is G-A-L-P, for 15% off on everything on Sugoi Mart. And you can use the code multiple times if you really love Sugoi Mart and you're like, hell yeah, I'm gonna go and purchase the best things that Japan has to offer food and drink, beauty items, collectibles, toys and games. You can actually buy Gunpla from Sugoi Mart as well as a lot of things for your home. Kitchen appliances, bathroom, bedroom stuff. They've got these really lovely Spy Family campus notebooks. I'm a big fan of stationery, as you guys know, and they've got that there as well. There's some really cool stuff on here. You can also purchase experience sets, which is basically like kits to make matcha, to make onigiri, and they'll provide everything basically. Whatever you want, Sugoi Mart has got it. They've got a lot of really cool stuff from Japan. And as you guys know, every sort of month or so, they give us care package that we show off to you guys, which I think is pretty cool. So they've got really nice stuff included. They also sell Pokemon cards and a lot of genuinely hyped stuff. What we want to do is that we want to find out the weirdest things on the Sugoi Mart website and get Sugoi Mart to send them to us. So Sugoi Mart, if you're listening, let's prepare that. Let's just get the weirdest stuff and send it my way. And we'll we'll talk about it on a episode of Umai. They've got some really, really nice stuff. If you want to get items from Japan quite easily, some really nice quirky items, then you can go to SugoiMart.com, use the code GALP for 15% off on your purchase they've got some really nice stuff whether you're an anime fan whether you're a fan of japanese culture or even if you're a fan of disney 
They've got a lot of Disney items on there. So experience Japan from the comfort of your own home with Sugoi Mart. Use the code GALP for 15% off. Thank you, Sugoi Mart, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. And back on to the episode. Okay, we are back um, on this episode of Super Zero. We had a little bit of an extended conversation around comics, and I'm actually quite glad because I'm really happy about how that kind of went. But I want to talk about manga. Once again, talking about Forbidden Planet because they don't sponsor us by the way but i'm going to speak about them because that's how i kind of got into manga a little bit because i was like you know what kevin was like oh you need to get into manga because that's how i got into manga this was around the time when we first started kunai our anime podcast which you can go and check i went in into the food planet it was mostly comics they had a really small manga section and well i mentioned it on our episode of kunai where we talked about assassination classroom literally all of the manga that they had was assassination classroom and i was like okay cool at the time i was buying like shoujo beat stuff and i since have sold a lot of my manga i haven't sold my comics because i find that selling comics online is very difficult and then when you go and sell them to comic book stores they will rip you off because you know you'll buy it from them for like a fiver each you know at least with the used stores and then they'll sell them for 10 and it's like well i bought these as like special variants and that kind of stuff they'll rip you off so i wouldn't recommend selling your comics in stores if you are selling your comics online you'll get more money for it but the problem is just shipping each issue and like finding the right packaging very difficult to do but regardless so i sold a lot of my manga because i love the stories in manga i love interacting with manga because unfortunately not all manga becomes anime right because as we mentioned on kunai anime is like supposed to be like a promotional tool to sell more issues of manga that's just how it is but at first i was getting into a lot of very obscure shoujo manga like some romance ones you know kiss him not me i've got a couple of issues of that a kamisama kiss which is another great manga i'm trying to remember as well at one point i saw the oremo manga and i was like should i buy this they also had like the kuroneko spin-off manga didn't get an opportunity to buy them but they're still in the comic book stores i just think people don't buy it like i think the stock was still there from like the hype of oremo and just like no one bought it because of what oremo is right wow, it's yeah. still there like the last time i went to the comic book store i think was pre-covid and the kuroneko manga and the orimo manga was still there in the same place and i was like shit like you could tell like it was the spines were discoloring because of the lights oh, so you know that that shit was there for like ages and i'm like should i buy this i'll be like the only person that buys this like- but it- time to mark that stuff down and get it off your shelf they didn't look this is how it is like a lot of manga in the uk it's already incredibly difficult to find and they don't mark it down at, at all it's so weird it's just genuine it's like it's very difficult to find manga and when you do the prices are fucked like now you can buy manga in bookstores because obviously they have isbn numbers and stuff like you can go into waterstones you can go into foils you can go into anywhere and just buy manga the manga you find in bookstores it's mostly like attack on titan my hero academia jujitsu kaisen like the big shonen jump stuff for me when i was going to fit in planet they were selling manga like you could not find anywhere like even on amazon you couldn't find that shit like card capture sakura like they were selling that they were selling a bunch of other like shoujo manga and like manga for kids as well like you know like the pokemon mangas or like i don't know if doraemon had a manga but like they had like like basically like manga that were like designed for children right but the one of the main reasons i went to that comic book store was because they had manga they had like a three for two deal as well relatively cheap six pounds per issue or per volume but the only problem was was that if it was a very obscure manga and they kind of still do this now but if back then if it was an obscure manga they'll have like all the issues there like it wouldn't 
be a manga that they were waiting for issues right so they'll get a whole set of like something like i can't remember there was this one manga that i was collecting it was called there was one called so cute it hurts that's a shoujo beat manga and there was another one called i can't remember but anyway so there was this manga called so cute it hurts but they had literally they, they brought this manga as soon as the manga run was finished so it was it wasn't that many issues it was like maybe like eight volumes or something you could buy each volume individually but they only had those eight volumes and once those eight volumes were gone you couldn't find them again so i was just like shit i have to buy all this manga i'd come out like literally at least with comics it was easier to obtain but with manga you if you wanted to buy like one issue and you really like the manga by the time you come back it's all gone and you can't find it ever again and then you have to search ebay and it was just such a pain in the ass that's one of the reasons why i don't like collecting manga anymore because it's just incredibly overpriced very difficult to find and i'm kind of leaning now more towards digital manga like just getting it on a kindle it's a different experience i don't recommend it but if you still want to enjoy stories it's just so much easier and in fact cheaper to get all of your manga on something like amazon kindle or like on an ipad or something like i do prefer yeah, like, for that aspect i, I kind of like a two-part thing I, I you know obviously the, the things are different in america versus the, the uk so like manga is kind of like exploded in america i mean it was already exploded before I even came to Japan um, but like you can go into any major like bookstore chain in America like you know like a Barnes and Noble <laughs> or Books a Million places like that and their manga sections are huge now like I remember the the Books a Million near my house home uh, back in the US like when I first started when they first opened I first went in there the manga section was like really small but like even before I came to Japan it was like I kid you not like maybe a fifth of the size of the entire store and related merchandise and things like that too but uh, as far as you know I, I do think like especially for me like it's it's wild you know here I am living in Japan and complaining about it being hard to get English manga which but I mean that's the truth it, it, it actually really is now if I buy Japanese manga obviously super easy much cheaper than english translated books i mean i'm you can get brand new manga for you know basically four or five dollars versus like that same issue after it's been translated in america you're probably buying that one book for like 10 bucks but anyway i've gone the route where um my father gave me a um tablet a little more than a year ago now yeah i want to say it was christmas of the previous year and then i got a bookwalker account which you know again no one that we're sponsored everything but i actually do like bookwalker can get light novels and manga on there and they have like a kind of like a point system where like you know every so much money you know dollars that you spend <clears throat> you earn points and you can use that as credit toward buying more books and stuff on there um i do still prefer physical so like i do plan on when i go uh go back back home when i move back home whenever that may be i will still collect physical manga but i actually do enjoy using bookwalker for light novels so. it's it's very interesting because it's like manga has just gotten so expensive like i'm looking at forbidden planet once again and it's like they'll a lot of the manga even the stuff that isn't on sale or whatever it's it's still kind of reduced but if you look at the rrp they're charging eight pounds for one issue and i think it's more difficult to get into manga than it is to get into comics because of the price difference right because 
you'll pay for a comic maybe two pounds sixty for like issue one of a comic comics are always kind of in circulation whether it's online or in comic book stores you can always find like an issue right even if it's in like shit condition you'll still be able to find it manga like it's like buying shit on the black market like once it's gone it's gone especially if it's like a really old series or like and this is one, one thing that i love about comics like you can find comics that are from like the 70s right in good condition for relatively cheap like literally i went through like antique stores when i first got into like comics and okay i paid like five pounds for a uh, fantastic four from the 70s it wasn't in good condition but it was still readable and it was still enjoyable right but like to find manga for a decent price like i go on ebay and i'm like okay i need to get issue five like i mentioned forbidden planet sometimes they'll have like if you can't find the full set you you might be missing like issue five out of ten or whatever and that's like the final one you need to get like you can't find that fifth issue and you'll search on ebay it'll be like 50 pounds please and i'm like no i'm not paying 50 pounds yeah, i will say it is it is much harder to get older manga like that even that, new that, manga that is very true now not in japan very easy in japan very easy but not outside of japan and i think that still has something to do with the cost of like the translating and the reprinting and everything because like the book sizes are actually different too mm-hmm. um at least in america compared to japan but it's it's you know there's you know obviously one versus the other i can't really say which is better like if you have to choose you know manga versus you know western style comics so the way that i look at it is that like at least in america like the the kind of common price for a comic book is about four dollars you know new off the shelf and yeah it's all in color and the pages are nice and big and all that kind of stuff but what it, I want to say, like a typical American style Western comic like that from Marvel or DC might be like 20, 24 pages. And, you know, like five or six of those are advertisements within the comic mm-hmm. versus paying, you know, like you said, like about $8 or $9 for a manga. But you're getting 124 pages of content. Yeah, it's not in color. The pages you know, are smaller, but, though. Yeah. But like I said, it's, you know, it's it's just a different attitude, too, because like uh, it's, uh, the way that I look at it is most people who not all, but most people who collect comics and they keep them, it's like they'll read it once, maybe reread it a couple times, bag and board it, and then it goes in their collection and they only ever pull it out again to like show someone you know type thing they're not going to go back and constantly reread it whereas manga it's not viewed at least in japan as being a collectible type thing as far as having like value it's meant to be a collective thing to go back and read and reread and share and things like that it's interesting as well because even if you look at japanese manga because i do own a couple of um japanese manga volumes right um you know our sponsor sugoima did send me a couple of volumes of jujitsu kaisen which was interesting because it was like i don't own the english version of jujitsu kaisen but they sent me a japanese version the book is slightly smaller than the english version but the paper as well is very different it's a very different feel because i find that it's easier to turn the pages on a japanese manga if that makes sense like the pages are softer no you're absolutely right don't know why that is though because obviously you know it feels like it feels like the american like 
printed and published versions they're like printed on like cardstock like almost obviously it isn't but it's like a very thick paper and sometimes it feels so uncomfortable to read it because it's like fuck i have to like bend the spine of the book to actually like change the page it's a bit annoying it's a very different feeling as well i mean maybe that's one of the reasons why japanese manga is cheaper because of the paper quality i don't know paper in general in japan is also looked at different differently to like it's funny because the like actual lumber market and things like that are like a big deal in japan like you can watch like specials on like guys that go to like lumber yards and you know like an auction um when they're you know bidding on a tree they'll like you know look at it inspect it for whatever purpose they're going to be using it for so it might have something to do with that it might be the type of tree that they're using to make the pulp to make the paper i really don't know i should look into that more but i do agree that i think i think overall um the quality is just better in japan too the paper itself i think is maybe a little bit thinner um but I find the actual construction and build quality of the book, like I have some English manga that like pages printed in them were printed kind of wonky and like I've even contacted companies like Seven Seas and Yen Press. I'm like, hey, I got this manga and you know, this particular page isn't quite right. And like I've even gone back to the bookstore and checked out other copies of the same one. And it's an actual printing error in each one. And they're just basically like, eh, that's how it is. Better luck next time. Like, wow. Whereas like if you did something like that in Japan, they would like halt the presses and like fix it and, you know, redo everything. I think also as well, because if you think about it in a general point, right, that there's a lot more care in terms of manga in Japan. Like not to slag off these Western companies, because obviously they do a great deal of work in terms of just this distributing and getting the rights for these shows but i think it's it's an issue in terms of customer service right because in japan like as you mentioned you know they go above and beyond but i think that's more of like a a cultural thing because you can go into a supermarket and if you find that there's something wrong you can sort of report it and they'll try their best to sort of please you as a customer right so i think that's probably a part of it it's more of a cultural thing but in general it's just very interesting like i was saying i i think this goes back to that to the differences in the you know let's just call it collector mentality so like one of my favorite things you know in japan is some of the little like i call them you know mom and pop shop restaurants like you know going to like get okonomiyaki or udon or something like that from a small local business as opposed to being a chain like you'll go in there and like when you walk into you know 99 percent of these places they'll have a bookshelf with like magazines and books and manga on it and i've gone into some where like the manga sitting there on the shelf is from like 1978 you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. it's been sitting there for guests to enjoy for literal decades you know it's it's not a monetary value it's a cultural value like manga is just such a well in in reading and paper and books are just such a big part of japanese culture that they view the worth and being what people are getting from that as opposed to it being like limited edition type worth if that makes sense going back onto the whole manga thing and kind of want to introduce it into comics as well is that there's a little bit of trend at least recently probably back in the day not so much but considering that anime and manga have just become behemoths in the west at this point there are a little bit of crossover i've seen at least in terms of comics i've seen a lot of manga artists make their way into comic books at least with marvel and stuff like that but also on the inverse i've seen marvel doing a lot of manga right there's a deadpool manga called deadpool samurai at the moment and there's a new wolverine manga that's coming out but when you look at the prices it's fucking insane 
they'll charge you like 15 bucks for one of these issues obviously because it's like a big deal i guess and probably a very limited run but it's very interesting how it's sort of bleeding in that's interesting i'll have to see if i can like are, are these in english or are they japanese yeah, they're in english it's manga in english it's okay so it's it's done by marvel oh, is it being done by marvel it's, okay it's done by marvel i'll have to see if they if they have them here yeah so i i don't know about how it is going to be in japan but it's it's done by marvel it's a collaboration with marvel and some mangakas is being published in the west by uh viz i remember they tried something like this back in i want to say it was early to mid 2000s there was actually an x-men uh manga where it was you know it was x-men stories but you mm -hmm. know done in a manga format and they were you know actually in english like at the the comic book store that <clears throat> i was working at, at the time we actually had some of them and everything so it's just kind of funny hearing that they're they're giving it a go again yeah and i think probably one of the main reasons why they're giving it a go is just because manga as an industry is huge like i'm on a couple of press lists for i think i'm on the press list for viz i'm on the press list for seven seas and i think i can't remember who's the other manga distributor but there was a few then they put me on well, it's kind of like how we were we were talking you know earlier about like you know some of our own grievances with the comic book industry and like uh, i know at least since i've been living in japan there's lots of you know comic book centric and pop culture centric like news sites and uh youtubers that i like to watch and listen and podcasts and things like that and like repeatedly they're talking about how like manga i want to say since about uh 2019 now maybe 2020 like just before all the covid stuff started how like manga sales were just crushing the comic book sales market and like people were just getting you know kind of fed up with comics they were you know not liking some of the let's just say like social changes that were going on in comics and mm -hmm. things like that whether you know whatever side of this argument you're on i really don't care but that's just the bottom line of it a lot of people were just falling out of love with what was currently going on in the comics and they made this with you know to manga and i actually give a big portion of that to my hero academia because mm -hmm. it was at the time when the manga was really starting to pick up in america plus the anime was airing on american television and people realized like wait there's like superhero type stuff that's coming from japan mm -hmm. and then that was kind of like a lot of people's gateway that's true i mean that of course that is a lot of people's gateway i think in general as well is that anime is doing its job in terms of promoting manga right it, it gets to a point where this is something i hate about the anime industry and obviously we, we mentioned we don't get the opportunity to talk about it on kunai because we don't talk about manga but a lot of the time animes won't get picked up for a second season and it's like the only way to finish the story is read the manga or read the light novel and i was like fuck why do i need to do that but there's a lot of shows like that that are sort of dependent on manga so that in itself and the fact that anime has sort of become a bigger thing because of companies like high dive and crunchyroll and sony entertainment the fact that they're able to sort of push anime a lot more means that obviously there's going to be a knockoff effect in the manga industry as well and even now if you look at a lot of the mangas that people are reading now they tend to be a lot of uh, mangas that are sort of popularized by netflix shows like i'm on forbidden planet once again they don't sponsor us but when you go on their manga section a lot of it is based off shows that netflix have sort of paid for if that makes sense like or, or have been involved in the production if we're talking about i wonder if that's just because of just 
how like kind of like <clears throat> big and worldwide Netflix is exactly like how they're yeah. in like so many different countries versus like a website like you know like Crunchyroll isn't in all countries you know what mm-hmm. I mean so whereas Netflix is pretty much everywhere that's it and I, that's what I think it is because it's like you see a manga like Uncle from Another World which to be fair with you like in terms of manga if it wasn't on Netflix as a Netflix original you wouldn't really be seeing people going into a comic book store going into a manga store and picking that one up same with Comey I mean Comey can't communicate like yes there was a little bit of a cult following with that one before it got its anime release but even the fact that it's on Netflix makes it very accessible to people and if people want to continue that story they can it's like even with Way of the House Husband is on there like in terms of like they're promoting that shit a lot I'm trying to think what else there's a, a romantic killer you know that's also one that's on uh, yeah I want to I actually want to see that one I think Ray Takahashi is the voice of the main character in that so I want to watch it it's not that good like I'm not gonna lie. I mean this is not kunai but it's not it's not that good of a show i really like the what what netflix has done with with bastard but you know i i one of those people that i you know i, I would say grew up but i was still like a teenager when i watched the original mm-hmm. ova series back in the day and i've really enjoyed that on netflix i think that's a great place to end this episode of uh super zero we had some really great uh conversations around comics around i just get ready to say that i said man it was a pretty good discussion i like how just we just flowed from one thing to thing into another so yeah cool. and it's it a great you know what it's a great proof of concept i consider this episode to be a success uh, mind you if you guys are listening we're not going to be on this podcast all the time this was just a proof of concept for the show i hope you enjoy it we are hoping to get people that can replicate this uh, sort of discussion uh, if you like the stuff that me and will do you can find us on gout which is the gaming podcast or you can find us on kunai as well which is our anime discussion podcast that is monthly episodes and stuff like that if you do like the kind of stuff that we do will where can the people find you you can find me mostly on twitter i'm one of those quote unquote you know perpetually online people on twitter these days my handle is uh at yamstarch y-a-m-s-t-a-r-c-h and for those that are wondering Yamstarch what is that it comes from uh, the Disgaea series of video games awesome and if you guys want to follow us on twitter as well can do it's at gal podcasts so that's at g-a-l podcasts one word in addition to that join our discord because we're trying to regrow it we're getting in some really cool stuff there's some really nice features that are in there as well in terms of our bots in terms of our forum pages as well we've got a gaming and anime forum hopefully we're going to start doing a comic forum once we launch this podcast as well but it's a really nice community we're trying to grow it slowly but we're trying to keep it at a point where it's just a friendly community i feel that online at least recently in the past decade or so we've kind of lost the idea of forums and we've kind of lost this idea of discussion that's not just shitting on everything you know so yeah i was gonna say people i I, i've been saying this probably since i don't know 2015 like especially with the anime community in the west not japan but in the west it seems like people are more interested in tearing things down than they are lifting up i would rather talk about things i like versus things I don't like. Or if like you want to get into a discussion, it's like, you know, hey, have you read this X-Force comic? Oh, I'm not a big, you know, X-Force or X-Men guy. I was like, oh, well, maybe you should check out, you know, Excalibur since you're from, you know, England. It's a British mutant series. You know, things like that. It's easier said than done. Not many people tend to have that sort of mentality.
mentality online anymore uh, which is unfortunate and you know that's one of the reasons why we have this discord we want to sort of build a community of like-minded people and sort of engage with one another you know make those kind of suggestions whether it's anime suggestions or manga or comics or tv shows whatever it may be we want it to be sort of a hub of entertainment for everyone and sort of have the opportunity to share with one another so be sure to check that out at getlifepodcast.com forward slash discord and yeah if you guys want to see more episodes of super zero let us know if you want to be a part of super zero join our discord and then let us know and then we'll we'll have a discussion with you guys and see if you guys might be a good fit but yeah i think that's been a fantastic episode will i had a blast i mean i could sit and talk about comics and pop culture you know for hours and hours but you know we we can only take so much time for any one episode that's it that is true but yeah that being said guys bye bye